earlier in um, this teaching on applying faith in our prayer lives, and we're looking at the second part of that uh, particular teaching, and all of it falls into uh, the overall series of faith toward God, which is part of the foundation series as taught us in the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. And um, we've had a look at, with regards to applying faith in our prayer life, the fact is that we have to ask. Our Lord Jesus said to us very plainly, ask and you shall receive. And um, that is the first requirement that, it, uh, that we need to fulfill in order to receive from God in um, our prayers through faith. And that is that we have to ask. And it, it, it's surprising as to how many Christians go through life not asking God and asking God as a last resort. Um, they try every other avenue. And then when all else fails, then they go and ask God. And uh, that does not please our Heavenly Father. He expects us as his children to ask of him as a first resort and to bring our requests and our petitions before him because he knows what we need even before we ask him. But we've seen in the scripture that's very plain, even though he does know what we need before we ask him, he still requires us to ask him. And so it's important for us as believers uh, to bring our requests and our petitions before God our Father, and he then takes care of those um, for us. But we also saw that there's a, a further requirement that has to be fulfilled, and that is when we ask, we have to believe. And we saw the scripture in Matthew um, where our Lord said, whatever you ask in prayer, believe in, you shall receive. And so there is that uh, condition that has to be met when we do ask the Father. It's not just a case of whatever we ask, we will receive. It's whatever we ask, believe in, that we will receive. And so we want to continue on with uh, that um, line of thought in today's teaching. And we're looking at the fact that we need to ask in accordance with the will of God. So we, we, you know, we're building on the various steps that we should apply in order to receive from God when we pray um, in faith. And so the first step is we have to pray and we have to ask him. The second, within that, when we ask God, we have to ask believing. And now we're looking at the fact that when we do ask God, believing we have to be asking in accordance with his will for it is only when we pray in line with the will of God that in fact he actually hears our prayers um, just a, a scripture that we can uh, kick off with today basically is in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 and it's a scripture that a lot of people know very well it says but without faith it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe two things, that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so there are two requirements that have to be fulfilled in order for us to please God our Father. We have to believe firstly that he is. And every, every believer fulfills that requirement. But then so does every demon out there also fulfill that requirement. James chapter 2.19 says, You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. And so, you know, to fulfill the first requirement, every believer fulfills that because obviously um, if you don't believe that God exists, you're not going to be a child of God. And so we believe in Jesus Christ our Lord. And so we believe that he is. But there's a second part that has to be uh, fulfilled in that particular scripture in order for us to please uh, God our Father. And that second part is that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So what does it mean for God to be a rewarder of those who diligently seek him? Well, you're going to have to believe that God is going to reward you with that which you are diligently seeking him. And so that is really us praying to God in faith and believing that God will reward us by answering our prayers. And you have to believe that. You have to believe God exists. And you have to believe that when you pray to him in faith, uh, believing that he will hear your prayers, then you will receive the answer to those prayers. But in order for us to um, be convinced in our own minds that God is going to reward us with that which we are diligently seeking him in prayer for argument's sake, you're going to have to be fully convinced in your own mind that, that you are praying in accordance with the will of God. 
for if you are if you have any doubt as to whether your prayer is in accordance with the will of God for your life you will never be praying in uh, in faith you will always have that element of doubt in your prayer and that prayer will not be heard by God that prayer will certainly not be answered by God because you will be you will have two two minds um, in your prayer request, you know, am I this that I'm asking the Lord? Is it really His will for my life? Um, and so, if you're not fully convinced in your own mind that this is the will of God for your life, that God has given you His assurance that this is what He um, will give to you if you ask of Him, um, the moment you have any kind of doubt along those lines, well, then you're certainly not going to be praying in faith. You're certainly not going to be praying believing, and you're certainly not going to be assured. That uh, he is going to be—he's going to be a rewarder of uh, that which you are diligently seeking him on. And we, the scripture we can have a look at, which uh, very clearly tells us about this, is in James chapter one, uh, beginning at verse five. And James is writing to the church. He says, "If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting." For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And so you have to be um, single-minded about that which you're asking, God, uh, asking the Father for in your prayer life. And, and, and James gives the example of wisdom. He says, is any of among you who lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, uh, who gives to all men liberally when without reproach, and it will be given to him. And so there the will of God is very clearly made manifest to us. James says that it, it, God will give you wisdom if you ask of him. And so you don't need to be in two minds about whether it is the will of God to give you wisdom in whatever situation you're in and you're needing guidance from the Lord and you're needing his, his wisdom in that situation. For he's already made that very clear to us that he will give to you uh, his wisdom. He'll give it to you liberally and he won't give you, it'll be no reproach. So in other words, he won't say to you, well, you actually should have come to me first before you got into this mess. He'll just, you know, because God is benevolent, God, we saw that uh, in the previous teaching about the fact that God is a good God and God always wants to bless his children. And so um, God, in this instance, will definitely bless us with wisdom if we ask him for his wisdom. But um, James does uh, put in the proviso, he says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. And then he equates the doubt to being a double-minded man. And he says that man's not going to receive anything from God. And so you have to be fully convinced in your own mind that that which you are petitioning the Father for is in fact his will. Otherwise you will never uh, petition God the Father um, in faith because there's going to be that element of doubt and you're not going to be, if you're not fully convinced in your mind that this is the will of God for your life, um, you're not going to ask in, in faith. And that's the area we're looking at today. We're looking at the fact that we do need to ask in accordance with His will. Um, and it's when we know the will of God that we can then ask in faith, that we can ask in full assurance. It's when there's doubt as to, is this God's will for my life, yes or no, um, that is when doubt creeps in, and that is when we will not be asking in faith, and that is when we won't receive. Um, James says it very plainly. He says, let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And so we are only going to receive from God if we are fully convinced that this is the will of God for our lives. And so we just had a look at uh, God's wisdom. That is the will of God for our lives. We can go to him in full assurance that uh, God, I need wisdom, your wisdom in the situation, and God will then supply his wisdom to us because he's already made that known to us through that passage of scripture we've just read. Healing would be another example. Um, if you're gonna ask the Lord uh, to heal you, you have to be single-minded in your your understanding that it is the will of God to heal you. A lot of Christians are questioned whether it is the will of God that, uh, to heal them. And so 
you know, when they pray for, for, for uh, to be healed, um, because they still have this uh, niggling doubt as, you know, is this really God's will that I should be healed? Or is it God's will that he, should, that he would want to heal me? Um, they're not going to get the answer from God because there is that element of doubt. There is uh, that double-mindedness that is creeping in there. And so you, you hear a lot of people say, Lord, if it be your will, uh, will you please heal this person? Or Lord, if it be your will, will you please heal me? Um, you cannot pray to the Lord if it be your will and believe God at the same time. That is not a prayer of faith, if it be your will. Because when you're saying, if it be your will, um, you're saying to God, God, I'm not sure what your will is in this situation. So that's why I'm tagging on in my prayer, Lord, if it be your will, heal me. Um, and so there's no faith there because you have kind of left a back door open, so to speak. Um, God, you know, if it's not your will, then obviously don't heal me. And so there's no um, element, there's no faith there at all when you uh, tag on to your prayer, if it be your will. And there's a lot of Christians that pray just like that. And somebody would say, okay, but what about the leper? Because the leper did say that to the Lord. He came before the Lord, I fell down before the Lord, and he said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me whole or you can heal me. And so our Lord's response, before I look, we look at our Lord's response, the, the, the question that the leper posed to the Lord was, Lord, I know you can heal me, okay, because you certainly are able to do this. Um, and so I'm asking, if you are willing, you can heal me, you can make me whole. And so the leper is asking, Lord, I don't know whether it is your will to heal me. I know you can do it. But if you are willing, you can heal me. And so our Lord responds to him by saying what? He says, I am willing. And our Lord then puts out his hand, touches the leper and heals him. And so our Lord has very clearly given us his, his will in the situation. In that he, the Lord has said he is willing to heal us. Now, if the Lord is willing to heal that leper, the Lord is certainly willing to heal all of his children. For God is no respecter of persons. And so God doesn't have any favorites. And the Lord revealed the will of God to us with regards to healing when he spoke to that leper by saying, I am willing. The leper says, if you are willing, you can heal me. And the Lord says, I am willing. And so he heals him. And so for us to now come along as children of God and say, Lord, if it is your will to heal me, you can heal me. Uh, the Lord is not going to be pleased with that uh, request from us, that, that, that petition, because we are now doubting he has already given us his word on the subject. He's already spoken to the leper and in turn spoken to every believer, uh, saying, I am willing, be healed. And so the Lord has made his will known to us in the situation. There are other scriptures uh, that tie in with the fact that God, it, it is the will of God to heal uh, the believer. Uh, it's the will of God to heal every one of his children. It is not the will of God that any of his children should be sick. And um, so when we pray, Lord, please heal me if it is your will. Um, the Lord's not going to uh, respond to that prayer at all because there's no faith in that prayer. And in, in fact, what has happened is that you are now accusing the Lord of not being honest because he's already said, I am willing. And so for you to come along and say, Lord, if you are willing, he's just said he is willing. And now you say, Lord, if you are willing, please heal me. And a lot of Christians fall into this category in that they've, they've convinced, they're fully convinced that the Lord can heal them, but they're not convinced that the Lord will heal them, all right? They have this, this mental blockage, so, so to speak, that it might not be Lord, the Lord's will to heal me. I've actually heard pastors get up and testify and say, well, what are you going to do when God doesn't heal you? And then they've testified how God, they, they, they were sick and they prayed and God didn't heal them. And in fact, I've heard one pastor say that God said to him, I'm not going to heal you. I'm going to let you suffer in the pain, but I'm going to be with you in this pain. Um, and that's, you know, that, uh, that's not, that's not in, in, in agreement with the word of God. 
And if anything, any, any voice that you hear is not in agreement with what the Word of God says, then it's not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God would never contra the Word of God. The two are always going to be completely in sync. The two are always going to be in agreement with each other. And so the Spirit of God speaking to the, the child of God would never contradict the Word of God. He would always speak in line with the Word of God. And so when the, the Word of God says, by His stripes we were healed, and He Himself uh, bore our sicknesses and carried away all of our diseases, and He became a curse for us, and um, He has redeemed us from the curse of the Lord, having become a curse for us. Um, nowhere in the Scriptures under the New Covenant does it anyway say that God um, refuses to heal His children. Uh, that is not uh, the Bible. That's not what the, what the Scripture teaches us. And so the, the Spirit of the Lord is not going to say anything along those lines as well. And so we have to be fully convinced in our own minds as to what the will of God is in order for us to be able to pray in faith before the Lord. And the way we find out what the will of God is, we, is we go to the Word of God. The, the Bible is God's revealed will to us. And when we know what the will of God is, uh, for us to still pray, um, questioning His will is not a, a prayer of faith. And that's a prayer that will not be answered by the Lord. Um, but if we, if we do not know the will of God, in, in other words, the will of God has not been revealed to us in any particular situation, then it is scriptural 100% to pray, Father or Lord, if this be your will, can this happen? Um, because the will of God has not yet been made known to us in that particular area. But where the will of God has been made known to us, um, for us to then to still question His will and say, yeah, look, I know what your word says. However, my case might, might be different, Lord. So, you know, your word might say um, you know, that you bore my sickness and carry all of our diseases, but maybe you didn't take mine. Maybe, maybe I'm different. And so, you know... If it be your will, will you please heal me? And the Lord's going to say to you, but, you know, I've just told you it's my will. Now, how can you be saying to me, if it be your will? And you're, you're basically accusing the Lord of not being honest uh, in what he has said to us. And so there are instances where we can pray, and it is scriptural to pray, uh, if it be your will. And I'm going to give us two accounts of, of prayer prayers recorded in the New Testament to, to um, just give us a, a, an example of the two different types of prayer. Because we're talking about praying in accordance with the will of God. Um, and that is, the, the prayer of faith can only be made when you pray in accordance with the will of God, where the will of God has been revealed. Uh, where the will of God has not been revealed, you cannot claim um, by faith that God is going to answer that prayer because you don't know. You, you're asking God what His will is. So let's just have a look at um, a, 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 an example of prayer that the early church prayed in line with the Word of God. And let's see what the result of that uh, prayer was. And it's in Acts chapter 4, beginning at verse 24. And um, reading from verse 24 through to verse 31. Um, scripture says, So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, and the background here is that uh, Peter and John were arrested for uh, preaching the gospel and they were threatened that they shouldn't be speaking in the name of Jesus anymore and preaching the gospel. And so they've come back to the church and they've reported to the church what the Jewish leaders had threatened them with. And the response is now the church is now praying before God the Father uh, based on that report that they've received from uh, Peter and John. And so it says, so when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, so this is their prayer that they are praying before God the Father. Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, um, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants 
that with all boldness they may speak your word, by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And so this prayer is a classic example of praying in faith. When the church comes before the Father in, uh, at, on, at this time to pray, they actually quote the Word of God to Him. They quote, they say, you know, uh, and let's just go back to the actual prayer. They say, uh, your servant David has said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things and the kings of the earth took their stand? And the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. And then they, they, they just reinforced that they, by, by telling the Father, you know, they've already come against your holy servant, uh, Jesus. Uh, Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the Jews all got together and they uh, came against. And so now we are asking you to, um, to, to grant us boldness. Listen to their threats and grant us boldness so that we can proclaim your word. Because they knew the will of God in the situation. They knew what the word of God said. And they knew that they were to proclaim the gospel. Um, there was no, uh, Lord, is it really your will that we should be speaking at this time? Because, you know, we've really upset the Jewish leaders and they've arrested Peter and John already. They've had them in prison overnight. So maybe we need to cut back a little bit. Lord, what do you think is, you know, there's no, there's no iffiness and, and doubt or there's no, Lord, is it, are we missing it, God? I mean, is it your will that we should be preaching at this time? Maybe we should hold back. No, not at all. They, they know the, what the Word of God says on the situation. And so they quote the Word of God to God the Father. And they then, in boldness, ask Him to give them boldness uh, to proclaim the Word of God. And they look at the answer to their prayer. The whole place they were praying in was shaken uh, by the power of God. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to proclaim the word of God boldly. And so God answered that prayer. And so that's a prayer that was uttered in faith because the saints understood what the will of God was. There was no doubt in their mind what God's will in the situation was. And so they, they prayed to God the Father through the name of Jesus Christ our Lord um, in absolute assurance that this is God's will. And so they're claiming God, uh, not claiming, they're, they're, they're asking God the Father to honor his word, so to speak. And God honors, honors his word and God answers that prayer in a mighty way. And um, there's no mention of, Lord, if it be your will, um, please won't you just fill us with boldness so we can you know, pray, uh, preach the gospel. Nothing like that at all. They said, God, you're God. You're able to do this. You, you've called us to, uh, to preach your gospel. We need boldness to, to go out and proclaim your gospel. And that's what they asked him for. And that's exactly what they got from uh, God the Father. Let's have a look at another prayer now. Now, this prayer is the prayer of, Lord, if it be your will. And this prayer is prayed correctly in the right context. And that is in um, the book of Romans, chapter 1, uh, beginning at verse 9. And we're looking at Paul's prayer that he prayed to uh, God the Father, or to our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and let's just have a look at it. It says, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. Now this is what he prays. And he's talking to the church at Rome, okay, because he's, he's telling them what he's requesting from, from God the Father. He says, making request, if by some means, now at last, I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. And so Paul, in effect, is saying, Lord, if it is your will, please make a way for me to get to the church at Rome so I can preach to the church at Rome, because I really would like to minister to the church at Rome. And so Paul is, is quite correct in praying, Lord, if it is your will, let me go to the church of Rome to go pray. He doesn't say, Lord, make a way for me to go to the church. I want to go pray at the church of Rome. So just open up the door for me so I can go pray there. So I can go preach at the church of Rome. Um, he doesn't say that. He said, Lord, if you can find a way in your will for me to go there. Uh, because he doesn't know if it is the will of God for him to go to Rome to go preach the gospel at this time when he's praying this prayer. Um, 
Paul, if you go study his life, he never preached anywhere except where he was led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, you recall when uh, on his, their second missionary journey when uh, he was going with Luke and with Tim, uh, I don't know if Timothy was them, with him at the time. Um, and they were seeking where they should go pray. They wanted to go into Asia, and the Holy Spirit said, no, you can't go there. They wanted to go into Bithynia, and the Holy Spirit said, no, you can't go there. And then Paul eventually had the dream to come across to Macedonia, and so they went to uh, the city of Philippi to preach in Macedonia. And so Paul would never go to preach the gospel except where the Holy Spirit led him to go preach the gospel. At the time that Paul is writing to the church at Rome, he has no... Uh, indication from the Holy Spirit that it is the will of God for him to go to Rome to go preach the gospel. Now later on down the line that is we know what happened that he did land up in Rome going to preach the gospel but when he was praying this prayer um, and letting the, the church of Rome know what he was praying he didn't know the will of God. He had no um, there certainly was no scripture in the Bible that said Paul is to go to Rome to preach the gospel. So he can't pray as what is revealed in the word of God because it's not in the word of God. And he also does not have uh, clear guidance from the Holy Spirit saying to him, I want you to go to Rome to go uh, preach the word of God there. And so he's asking God, Lord, if you can, because he, he always follows the will of God. And so he's saying, um, in verse 10 it says making request if by some means now at last I'm, I may find a way in the will of God to come to you okay and so he's asking God God you know I know you send me all over the place to go preach um, I'm asking is it possible that you can slot Rome into your itinerary so to speak uh, so that I can go there to pray uh, to preach keep on saying pray but anyway to go to preach the gospel in Rome now it just so happened that uh, Rome was on the list uh, of the cities that the Lord had uh, uh, preordained that Paul should preach the gospel in and so uh, Paul's prayer was eventually answered and God did make a way for him in his will for Paul to go to Rome and preach the gospel there but the point that I want to get across here is Paul was quite scriptural and quite correct in praying, Lord, if it be your will, make a way for me to go to Rome so I can preach the gospel there. Because he doesn't know the express will of God in that situation. And so that is when it is scriptural for us to pray, Lord, if it be your will. But where we do know the express will of God in any situation, for us to then still tag on the prayer in our prayer, Lord, if it be your will, is an absolute an affront to God because you know he's saying this is my will and you're saying if it be my will don't you hear what I'm saying when I say it is my will and so you know that is not a prayer of faith that prayer will always go unanswered and will never be answered uh, you, know, you hear these and they're such eloquent prayers sometimes and they're such heartfelt prayers that go out Lord if it be your will please do this and what 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 and nothing ever happens so they, it sounds great but there's no nothing materializes no, they, that, those prayers just never get answered they fall on deaf ears in heaven because you cannot pray, Lord, if it be your will, um, where the will of God is already known, where God has already made his will known to us, and mainly through the word of God, where we know what the word of God says on a subject. Um, then for us to still say, Lord, if it be your will, you know, I know what you said about this, but I don't know if you really mean it for me. And that's now an affront to the Lord. And so that prayer does not get answered. The only time where it is scriptural for us to say, Lord, if it be your will, is when we do not know what the express will of the Father is on that particular subject. As the example is that I gave you with regards to Paul praying uh, for a way to be made open to him to go to Rome to preach the gospel there. But when we saw the church in, in, in Jerusalem, when they prayed, they knew exactly what the will of God was. And so they were very bold in their prayer and they asked God to intervene. And they had no doubt that this, is, this was the will of, of God and God answered their prayer um, very profoundly and uh, they got exactly what they asked for. And so the next point we want to really, and it's just kind of flowing in with the same point again, is, is that our prayers must be based on the promises of God. We cannot pray outside of what the Word of God says. For um, We can only ever expect God to perform that which He has promised. 
For us to expect God to perform that which He has not promised to us is foolishness, and God's not going to honor that, and it's just going to be um, futility in prayer. You're going to spend a lot of time on your knees, and you're not going to come away with anything. We have to, when we come before the Father in prayer, we have to be praying in accordance with what He has already made known to us um, in His Word. Why is that? Because the Scripture says to us, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Our faith in this, uh, this dispensation we live in, in the church age, is based on the Word of God. We, our faith feeds, for want of a better word, off of the Word of God. And so you, we cannot exercise faith toward God um, if we're trying to pray for something that is outside of His Word, because there's no faith there. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so we'll only ever have faith for what His Word says. That which His Word doesn't say, we're not going to be exercising faith for that. Again, let's get back to Paul's prayer. Um, he can't exercise faith, God, that you're going to open a door for me to go to Rome to go preach there. Because God has not expressly said to him, Paul, you can trust me on this, Rome's, Rome's on your agenda, um, I'm going to make a way for you to go to Rome. Then he can get on his knees and say, Lord, that which you, you've already spoken to me about preaching in Rome, I'm asking you to open that door for me now, because, or maybe not now, but uh, you know, I'm claiming that that door will be open for me as you've already given me your word on the subject. Paul hadn't received any revelation from the Lord with regards to preaching in Rome. And so Paul cannot pray in faith and claim that from the Lord and say, Lord, I want you to, to make this uh, available to me. And so Paul says, you know, if you can, if, if it be possible, if it be in your will, uh, could you please do this for me? Um, and there's no faith in that. It's that, that is now he's, he's, he's asking for, for the Lord's uh, mercy almost. You know, God, I, my desire is to go to this church and minister there. And so, you know, if you can really make a way for me, I'd really be appreciative of it. Um, but he's not claiming that from the Lord at all. He's saying, you know, if you can, I understand if you can't fit me in to go there, you know, I, I, but I'd appreciate if you could. And so there's no faith there. He's asking God to, to be compassionate to, toward him on this particular subject. Um, but when, when we're talking about praying in faith and we're applying our, our faith in our prayer life. And so if you're going to be praying in faith, then you have to be, have uh, the, the revealed will of God made known to you. And God's will and his, um, his word is made known to us through the Bible really and that's where we get to to know uh, what the and that's where we have our foundation of faith you cannot have a foundation of faith outside of the will of God and so it's so important for us when we go before the Father in prayer to know what God says about a subject before you get on your knees it, it, it's foolishness to get on your knees before the Father about anything if you don't know what he said about it already uh, because you're not going to be praying in faith now, I don't want to reiterate the fact, you know, obviously, where the will of God is not known, now you're seeking his counsel and you're asking him for, for his, his um, um, compassion and his mercy to intervene in the situation. But otherwise, we do need to know what the word of God says on, on any particular subject. Mark 11:24 talks about um, the prayer of faith and our Lord teaching us there. He says, therefore, I say to you, what, whatever things you ask when you pray, Believe you receive them and you will have them. Now that is a very profound um, teaching that our Lord has given us on praying in faith. He says, whatever, you th whatever things you ask when you pray. So now he, our Lord's giving us some very clear guidance as to how to pray in faith when we pray. But we're talking about praying in faith now. So the, the, the second part of it, he says, when you pray... Believe you receive them and you will have them. And so when we get on our knees and we're praying in faith, that's when we believe we receive them. And that's when we're gonna, we will then have them futuristic. But we receive them at the time we get on our knees and pray. Believe what he said. Let's go through it again. He says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray. So when we're on our knees and we're praying, believe that you receive them. So when we're praying, we believe that we receive them. 
That is the time that we release our faith. That's the time we exercise our faith. And so when we believe that we receive them, our Lord's response to that, he says, and you will have them. So that means that it then will be manifested. Think about the church that was praying in the book of Acts again, we read earlier. They get on their knees. They believe that God is going to, has answered their prayer with, uh, to speak the word of God with boldness. And they're all filled with the Holy Spirit. Straight away, immediately again, the whole building is shake, shaken and they are able to go out and preach the gospel. They have what they have prayed for. It, it is made manifest through them in that they can go preach the gospel with boldness. And so... It seems on this instruction that our Lord has given us, he says, um, all we are really required to do in order to receive from God is we have to believe what he, that we receive when we pray. But there is more to it, okay? It's not only believing. Remember, we have to ask, and we have to ask believing. Um, but there is that, the other side to it. We have to ask within the will of God, within the promises of God. We cannot ask for things out of left field and expect God to then come through for us because we do not have any sure foundation for our faith. Remember, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And John 15 verse 7, our Lord clarifies this to, to a, a greater degree for us in that he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. And so our Lord gives us another condition that has to really be met. Um, and it all ties in. You know, God, when he, he, he makes one comment, it's not the only comment about that subject. There are other comments that the Lord made. And if you tie it all together, it then gives us the big picture as to how we are supposed to approach this whole praying by faith, uh, praying in faith, and applying faith to our prayer life. And here our Lord gives us a bit more insight um, about what it means when you... Uh, let's go back to, to Mark again, where he said, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, you will have them. And so he says, whatever things you ask, whatever things you ask. So, you know, people straight away say, okay, I can ask for whatever I want. I can ask for um, a billion dollars, a billion rands, whatever, okay? I can ask God because Jesus said, whatever things you ask when you pray. And so that's what I'm asking for. God must now answer that. God's got to give me a billion uh, rand in my bank account. Um, but no, there, there's another proviso there and there's more to it. And John 15, 7 is, is part of that proviso. And one of the things our Lord says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. And so here, uh, ask what you desire, and there our Lord says, whatever things you ask. Those two together are linked. Okay, so whatever things you ask, ask what you desire. That's whatever our Lord is talking about. But when our Lord says, ask, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you, before our Lord says you will ask what you desire, he, he says there's a condition there. And what is that condition? If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. And so the, the, the condition to be met is that we have to be abiding in our Lord and his word must be abiding in us. Why does he say that? It's because if we're abiding in the Lord and his words abiding in us, what we desire will be in line with his word because we will be abiding in him. He is the, the, the living word and his word will be abiding in us. And so we will be praying and we'll be asking the Father whatever we ask will be as per the Word of God. It won't be outside of the Word of God. And that is the condition that has to be met in order for us to receive and ask um, for whatever we desire. It's in accordance with His Word. And let's have a look at another scripture which, which just reinforces the, 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 this concept all over again. It says in 1 John chapter 5, beginning at verse 14, um, the Apostle John writing to us, and he says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything, remember our Lord said, whatever you ask, believing, you shall receive. If we ask anything, and then he adds on, according to his will, he hears us. Let's read it again. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything, anything, according to his will, 
He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of Him. And so very clearly the Holy Spirit tells us that God hears us when we ask Him and when we make petitions to Him in accordance with His will. And what is the will of God? The will of God is the Word of God. He makes His will known to us through His written Word. And obviously He makes His will known to us through the Holy Spirit, the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And so once we know the will of God, for us, it is very easy for us to then pray to the, to the Father um, and, and know that He's going to hear us because we are now praying in accordance with His will. And so you would never pray to God the Father in accordance with His will and then still say, if it be your will. Because, I mean, that's kind of weird, isn't it? You're just, you, you know that you're praying. Let's read it again. Now, this is the confidence we have in Him, that if we ask anything in accordance, uh, anything according to his will he hears us and so you you know that you're asking the father according to his will that's your confidence that's your faith okay and then to still take on i know this is your will if it is your will no faith there it's, it, it, it's just a, a slap in the face uh, of, of almighty god and so when we pray according to his will if we abide in him and his words abide in us then we ask whatever we desire and it will be done for us. And so the proviso is we have to ask. When we ask, we have to believe when we ask. Um, and we have to take faith into that. But we can only believe that which we know to be the will of God. We cannot believe anything outside of the will of God because it's an unknown. You don't know if, it, if it's the will of God. And so you cannot have confidence in asking God if it is outside of His revealed Word or if it is outside of His revealed leading of the Holy Spirit. Uh, then you can't come in confidence before God. You're not going to be praying um, in faith before the Father. And it's the prayer of faith that receives from God. It's not the prayer of doubt. Uh, remember uh, James writing, to, let not that man think that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And so if we're going to get our requests from God, one of the, the very first ports of call you need to do before you get on your knees is you go to the Word of God and find out what does God have to say about the subject. And determine what the Word of God says. Find out if there are promises given to us in His Word regarding your petition that you're bringing before the Father. And then, and only then, can you then go in confidence on your knees and say, Lord, Father, this is in accordance with your will. And be like the church at Acts. Quote His Word to Him. God has no problem with His children quoting the Word of God. Um, in fact, He delights in it when we are bringing to remembrance his, what he said on the subject um, because he, he is the one who gains glory because it is his express will already and his children are now petitioning him along his express will and uh, he answers those prayers he hears those prayers and John says it very plainly we know that we have the request of him if we know that he's heard what we've, what we've prayed. And he, told, he tells us exactly what he hears. He hears those petitions that are in accordance with his will. Those are the petitions he hears. Outside of, the, outside of God's will, he turns a deaf ear, and he doesn't hear them. And there's a lot of prayers that go up, and a lot of wasted times, uh, time on, on, on people's knees. And uh, you know, we'll really find that out when we get to heaven one day and find out just how much time was wasted in our prayer closets because we did not pray in accordance with the will of God. And so we were requesting stuff that God was just not even listening to because it was outside of, uh, of his word or he had already given us his express will and we were then praying, Lord, if it be your will, please do this. And he just said, but wait a minute, it is my will. So if you're not going to believe me, uh, let's move on and just talk about something else. And that's just me talking. That's not, that's not God speaking, obviously. Um, and it has to be in accordance with, uh, with the will of God. Let's have a look at another scripture which also gives us some insight as to why it is that our prayers go unanswered. Um, in James chapter 4, beginning at uh, verse 1, um, James writing to the church and he says, Where do wars and fights come from among you? 
Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? And so he's talking about fleshly desires here. There's nothing spiritual about this at all, okay? He says, do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? We're talking about your, your, your body. You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. And we've dealt with that earlier at the beginning of this series of teaching. You have to ask. And one of the things he says, you don't, ask, you don't have because you don't ask. And so, you know, one of the first things we do, we have to ask. And now he gets, throws on something else here. He says, you ask and do not receive. Why? Because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. And so here's another reason that um, prayers go unanswered. It's because you're not, we're praying outside of the will of God. Um, because here, James has given us a very clear picture of people praying for things. They're asking God. He says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. What pleasures is he talking about? He's talking about earthly pleasures. He's talking about the, the, the lust of the flesh. And so here's people that are, you know, God, I want a, a million rand. You know, I want, I, I want a, a, a nice big house. I want a, a flashy car. I want, I want, I want, I want. All stuff that is going to be gratifying, gratifying the flesh, nothing spiritual about it at all. Um, and so God doesn't answer those prayers. He doesn't give those uh, uh, prayers any um, time in heaven, born of a better uh, way of putting across. He just doesn't listen to them. And from that aspect, God is like, oh, he is. God is our, our heavenly father. And again, at the beginning of the teaching, we, we spoke about the fact that God is a good God. And so God's desire is to bless his children. God's desire is to give us the, the good things that we, we need, the, the things we need in life in order to, to live comfortable lives, etc., etc. And so that, that is what God does. But think about it in the natural again. Now think about a, a natural parents and a, a young child growing up and a young child wanting certain things. And the parents know that if they were to give this child that particular request, that it would be harmful for the child. It wouldn't do them any good. And so the parents say, no, you're not going to have that. And the parent and the child stamps his foot and sulks and performs. And, and But the parents stand firm because they know what is best for the child. And so they will not give the child something that will harm them in any way. In the same manner, God our Father, who is a good father and a good God, knows exactly what we as his children need and what we do not need. And so when we come before the Father in a petition that is going to be harmful to us, um, and we don't perceive it to be harmful. You know, what could be harmful about receiving a, a billion dollars, for a given sake? Um, well, it, the harmful aspect of it, God knows that if you receive what you, you request in, what will actually happen is it will draw you away from fellowship with him. Because now you talk, James is talking about gratifying, gratifying the, 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 the lust of the flesh, the, your desires of your, your earthly desires, your, your pleasures and things like that. And people, you know, you have all of this wealth and you find, well, now I'm spending more time out of my yacht, whatever it is, and, and flying around, and I'm not spending time in prayer anymore, I'm not spending time reading my Bible. And so what has happened is I've now become more separated from the Lord in fellowship. And so God's not going to give you that which is going to harm your relationship with Him. He doesn't do that. Okay, because he is a good God, he's a good father, he knows what is good for us. And you remember, you must understand, God is more interested in our eternal destination than our, our, our earthly life 100%. He's far more interested in making sure that we um, have a, a good eternity with him than having a, a very good uh, life on earth and a miserable eternity. That's not the will of the Father at all, it's his will that we um, should receive our full reward when we get to heaven. And so God the Father knows exactly what is good for us and what is not good for us. And he will not give us that which is going to be harmful to us. And that's what James is uh, telling us in that portion of Scripture. But let's have a look at an account in the Old Testament because the Old Testament is written down for us as an example. We can go to the Old Testament, we can have a look at how they lived their lives, and it just gives us an account 
you know, we look at what happened to them and we can learn from them because, you know, it's written down there for our admonition. It's written down there as an example for us. And um, the example is in Numbers chapter 11, verse 4. And the scripture says, Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? Okay, so here we have the children of Israel in the wilderness and they've been eating manna. God has been supplying them with heavenly uh, angel food, in fact, uh, every day. And the Bible says that they yielded to intense craving. That intense craving is definitely the flesh. They were desiring um, meat and that's what they wanted. So they start complaining. They want meat. They're tired of all this manna. That's all they ever get. They get manna. They want meat. And... Um, it's this intense craving that they yield to. Now remember, this is written as an example to us, an admonition to us. And it's a similar thing for us. You know, if we are yielding to uh, our fleshly desires, um, the Bible says make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its desire. And so if the, if the Word of God says we are to make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its desire, Romans chapter 13, then God is certainly not going to make provision for our flesh to fulfill its desire. Uh, because he's not going to go against his own word. And so God's not going to answer those prayers. But in this case over here, what happens? We all know the story. They craved after their meat and they cried out and they complained and they grumbled and they murmured. And God answered their prayer. God gave them meat. Um, and we know about the fact that the quail came in. I think it was quail. And... Um, you know, they, they couldn't, there was just so much of it. Um, but there was a price that they paid in that, they were, I think my 7,000 were killed that very day of the, of the strongest of them. As they were eating, as the meat was still in their mouths, uh, God, uh, his anger uh, uh, broke out in, in the camp and uh, a lot of them were killed. But look at Psalm 106. This is God's um, account from another aspect uh, revealing as to what actually transpired as a result of them getting their intense craving. Okay, because God didn't answer that prayer. Um, it wasn't really a prayer, it was more of a complaint. Um, but God did give it to them. All right, it wasn't His will for them. They complained bitterly, they wanted it because they were uh, their intense craving for meat was what, was what they were after. And God gives it to them. Now let's look at Psalm 106, uh, verse 13. And we'll see God's viewpoint and what actually transpired. Not only was God's judgment pronounced at that time in that there were a whole bunch of them that were killed because of God's anger being uh, shown in the camp. But listen to this. It says, They soon forgot His works. They did not wait for His counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tested God in the desert. And He gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. And so... They got what they wanted in the, in the natural. They got their fleshly desire, but they, God at the same time sent leanness into their souls. And so they, they lost out on the, the close fellowship with God. They lost out on the spiritual intimacy with God. They got their fleshly desire granted to them, and they lost out on the spiritual side of it. And so much so that God in His wrath swore that that generation would never enter into His rest. And every one of them are in hell today. They paid an eternal price for the intense craving for meat. Um, think about that. That is a, a very profound um, and a, a scary thing. And, you know, you see people that, that pray for exceptional wealth or whatever it might be, but it's stuff that you know is not spiritual. It is purely they gain after the, the natural things. They want to um, satisfy their carnal desires and they want you to satisfy their flesh, uh, fleshly desires. Beware that God doesn't answer those prayers and allow that to come through for you because that was written in the Old Covenant for us as an example. God gave them their request, but at the same time they paid uh, eternal price for eating meat. Uh, I mean, how, how absolute pathetic um, that must be. 
and it, and is has turned out to be. And so, guys, when you when you when we pray before the the Father, um, make sure that you pray in accordance with His will, and do not uh, be like the foolish ones who. You know, or just after getting as much wealth as they can get and getting all the good things, and um, because it might just be that God says, "Okay, I'll give it to you," but you're going to pay a price, and uh, that price might be far more uh, heavier than you ever anticipated. And so, I'm not saying go, don't ask God. Does supply needs, and God does not want His children to be um, lacking in area in any area of our lives. Um, for he is our good shepherd, and we shall not want. And so God, God supplies all of our needs. And, uh, and people say God supplies your need, not your greed. Uh, yes, that, and that's quite a, one, one way you can put it across. But he also doesn't want any of his children to be suffering any lack. And so there's a balance. There's a fine line, but it's a balance that we walk by. And um, we need to be under, uh, very clear when we get on our knees and, and ask the Father for things. That we're, you know, we're not, am I praying this because of my fleshly desires or is this, you know, genuine request before the Lord and uh, God will always honor his, uh, the genuine request that he's brought before him. And that's how we can have confidence. Um, one more account that I want to give us, also from the Old Testament, of one person who prayed in accordance with the will of the Father and received his answer because he prayed in accordance with God's will is in Daniel chapter 9 verse 2 and verse 3. Um, this is Daniel's prayer and he says, In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the Lord, by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make request by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth and ashes. And so here we have a picture of Daniel praying before God the Father um, that he would restore Israel um, from captivity in Babylon. Now he does that with full assurance. Why? Because he sees it written very clearly in the word of God that God had spoken through Jeremiah the prophet that um, it will be 70 years that Israel will be put into exile. And after the 70 years, God actually says through Jeremiah, then you shall seek my face and I will restore Israel at that time. Daniel reads that. Daniel has now full assurance when he goes on his knees before God that God will now restore. But he still prays because God says, now you will seek my, in his word, you will seek my face. And I will hear your prayer and answer your prayer. And God exactly does that. He answers Daniel's prayer. And uh, we see that Israel is restored and they start to rebuild the temple at that time. Now, all through that 70-year period, I guarantee you, there were a lot of Jews praying to God every day, God, please restore Israel um, from captivity in Babylon back to Israel. But not one of them were praying in line with the word of God. So not one of those prayers would have been heard because God had already given the, the, the Jewish uh, people his written word through his prophet, Jeremiah, who'd written it down, that you're out there for 70 years. So don't seek my face for the next 70 years on this issue. We, you can pray about other things, but don't pray about this because I've already given you my specific word. For 70 years, you're going to be there. After the 70 years, then you can seek my face, and then I'm going to restore you. And so Daniel comes, he sees, okay, 70 years is up. I can now get on my knees and pray. And he does, and God answers his prayer. And so Daniel prays in line with the word of God. And as I say, I guarantee you, over those 70-year period, there were a lot of Jews that were on their knees praying, God, please restore us. And that was all wasted energy and wasted time because those prayers went completely unheard in heaven because they were completely contra to the Word of God. And so when we come before the Father in prayer, first, 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 first port of call is we have to go to His Word, find out what He says on the subject. Once you know what he said on the subject, and you, then you can get on your knees and ask. And, you know, the Bible says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So don't just go find one scripture in, in that covers your case, and then say, okay, well, I'll take that scripture, and I'll go now petition the Father on it. Because you might be taking a scripture out of context. You might be, it might not be um, 
in context what God is actually promising us. And so it's always a good balance to look, have at least two scriptures out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let every word be established. And so it's always good to have at least two scriptures that, that support one another and say, okay, this is the will of God on this particular subject. And because God has made his express will known to us on this subject, I can in confidence now go on, on my knees and pray in line with his will. Um, because I'm praying in line with his word and I have full assurance in my heart and I can pray in faith and I will, I'm assured that he's heard my prayer because he's, he's given us his word on this. He says, if, you ask, if we ask anything in accordance with his will, he hears us. And the script goes on to say, and if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. And so that's where the full assurance kicks in, is that we have to know the will of God. And so again, as I say, once you know the will of God, don't ever now tag on and say, Lord, if it be your will, because you're just telling God that you actually don't trust his word. And so if you don't trust his word, you're not going to receive anything from God. Simple as that. And so just to recap the, 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 the points, very first protocol, go find out what God says on the subject, go to the Word of God, um, and try and get at least two scriptures that support that particular promise that you're asking from the Father. Once you've done that and you're now fully assured, be assured in your mind, okay, this is what God, how God views this particular subject. So when I come before Him on this subject, I can be assured that I'm going to get this. I don't need to still go before him and say, you know, I know what you said, but, you know, maybe you actually didn't, didn't mean it. No, no, no. Um, this is what God said. I believe it. Now I need to go and ask him. And remember we said you have, you have not because you ask not. And so we have to go ask. And when I ask, I ask believing. And when I believe, I, at the time that I pray, that is when I believe I receive. At the time we pray, that is when we believe we receive. And then we will have what we've prayed for. And that's how we apply uh, faith to uh, our prayer life. And uh, we're going to carry on in the, in the next series of teaching, looking at how we apply faith to our daily walking. And this is not an exhaustive uh, teaching on applying faith in prayer, but it's just touching a few highlights. But uh, the key areas, as I say, you've got to have what God, you've got to know what God says on the subject. Once you do, then go and ask Him. And when you ask Him, ask Him in faith. Believe Him because you're now convinced this is what God said. When you ask Him, believe that you receive because He's heard your prayer. And once He hears it, you're going to get it. So you, so you, 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 you thank Him for it there and then. And you will then receive it. And that's exactly how we apply um, faith in our prayer life. And we end the teaching on that too point today. Amen.